Welcome back to week two of Top of the Charts. This is our sermon series for the summers, and it is one of my um, favorite things to talk about is music, not because I have good taste in music, but because I am married to a musician and because that musician helps me to have better taste in music. But my husband and I have this thing that we do whenever we start to hear a song that really moves us. Have you ever had a song that just moves you? Well, whenever that happens to me, a song can come on or a song can start and I will just get chills. And so whether some, we love musicals, so sometimes we go to the theater or other times we go to a concert or sometimes we'll just be in the car and Kyle will look over at me and just show me his, his wrist, his arms, like chills, chills. Oh my gosh, this is just giving me chills. Well, that is the power of music. Music has this ability not only to help us interpret things and understand things differently, but it is about all of our senses. It is about what we not only can see, but it's about what we can hear and what we can feel. Music has the power to move us. Now, really good music is what we're talking about in this series. Not just any music, not just any song that hits the radio. We are talking about songs that are top of the charts. And what I find is that songs that are at the top of the charts are the ones that answer the question, why? They answer the question, why? They know why this song exists. They know why these lyrics exist. Um, Simon Sinek is an author, and he had a TED Talk called Starting With Why. And in it, he talks about these concentric circles. He says, often we, we start with how, or we start with what. But if we started with why, why, then the what and the how begin to become more clear. Why? Why are you here? The question of why is the question that God is asking of Elijah today in our scripture. We're reading about the prophet Elijah today, and this prophet is later known really well and has great reverence and respect given to him. He's a prophet that I love reading about. We don't talk often enough about Elijah, in my opinion. You can read about him in First and Second Kings, um, but Elijah is a prophet that speaks out against kings and against idols and against people who are talking differently and turning their backs on God, on the one true God. Elijah is talked about even in the New Testament when John the Baptist comes along. When John the Baptist comes along, people say, you know what, he reminds us of the prophet Elijah. One with great passion and spirit. One with a great fire to be able to give all that we can have and, and really speak truth in a way that people would listen to. So when we meet up with Elijah today, he is talking to a king named Ahab. And his king Ahab and Queen Jezebel, who is in this chapter, you've maybe heard that name before. I've never heard anybody name uh, their child after Ahab or Jez Jezebel. And there's a reason for that. They have turned their backs against God and are um, making the people 
the people of Israel worship other gods. No longer is the God of Israel important enough, but it is the gods of Baal. And Elijah comes to speak against this. And in chapter 18 of 1 Kings, what we see is that Elijah actually goes up against these false idols of Baal. And he takes them on and he cuts them down. He not only speaks out against them, but in the name of God, he cuts them down. Well, as you can imagine, this really bothers King Ahab and Queen Jezebel, so much to the point where the people are starting to talk against him, and Queen Jezebel has decided that his life is no longer worth saving. In fact, it's maybe better if we just get rid of him. So we meet up today with Elijah when he's on the run. He's on the run from Queen Jezebel and King Ahab. He's on the run and he's tired and exhausted. And we start with chapter 19 in 1 Kings, starting in verse 3. Listen for the word of God. So this is right after Jezebel calls for his life. Then he was afraid. He got up and fled for his life and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah. He left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. He asked that the Lord, he asked that he might die. It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under a broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Get up, eat. He looked, and there was, at his head was a cake baked on hot stones in a jar of water. He ate and drank and laid down again. Then the angel of the Lord came a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, or the journey will be too much for you. He got up and ate and drank. Then he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God. At that place he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord. The God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. He said, go out and stand on the mountains before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it, split, it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, what are you doing here, Elijah? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. He was looking for God in the wind, and God wasn't in the wind. He was looking for God in the earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. He was looking for God in the fire, and God was not in the fire. Now, what you may not know is that you actually know where Elijah is. Mount Horeb is also called Mount Sinai. 
It's where Moses goes and encounters God in a burning bush. It's where Moses then goes with the people of God after God delivers them from Egypt and gives Moses the Ten Commandments. This is a holy place. And Elijah goes and hides there. We hear Elijah's distress. We hear how he has just taken on all of these idols, all of these false gods, and he is worn out and he is tired and he is fleeing for his life. And as if he couldn't just get some rest, an angel comes, and I imagine this angel sort of walking up to him and going, get up, get up. We've got work to do. God's not done with you. Here's some food. You're going to need it. Here's some water. You're going to need that too. Let's go. God's not done with you. And so maybe unwillingly, Elijah decides to keep going. And he goes to Mount Horeb. He's exhausted. He's depleted. He is pleading with God to just be done. He wants God to just be done with them. And that's where God meets him. God meets Elijah at this cave, not in the earthquake, not in the fire, not in the wind, but in the sound of sheer silence. And he asks that question, what are you doing here? Why are you here? Why are you here, Elijah? This is a question that we often maybe should be asking ourselves, but I find that we instead get caught up in a lot of other things. We get caught up in maybe what we would call the noise. Do you know what the Latin word for noise is? Nausea. Nausea. There's a lot of noise around us. There's a lot of noise telling us what to think, what to listen to, how to act, what to be, who to be. That we don't often Ask the question, why? Have you asked yourself that this morning? Why are you here? Why are you here in this place? Not what are we going to do while we're here? What songs are we going to sing? Or what is Julie going to preach about? But why are you here? Oftentimes, the noises in our life keep us from the most important questions. Mother Teresa said, God cannot be found in the noise or the restlessness. God is not found in the noise or the restlessness. So where do we find God? Where do we find God? Maybe it's about paying attention. There's a story about a boy who goes on a trip. He's from Montana in the mountains of Montana, and he goes to visit his friend in New York City, and they're walking down the streets of New York City, and he says, I hear a cricket. And his friend says, how could you possibly hear a cricket? There's construction noise. There's traffic everywhere. There's sirens. There's commotion everywhere. How can you hear that cricket? He said, well, it's what I'm listening for. His friend said, that's impossible. That's simply impossible. You can't just hear that cricket because that's what you want to hear. He said, well, watch this. And he pulled out some change from his pocket. And he dropped it on the sidewalk. And all of a sudden, everyone who was walking around stopped and turned because they heard that sound. What are you paying attention to? What things are you paying attention to? 
What we find in this scripture today with Elijah is that at the beginning, he is paying attention to God. He is in tune with God. But the fears of his life, the noise around him, the chaos that exists makes him run away. He starts by going to escape, fleeing for his life. But then we see this change. This change, once he encounters the angel, the angel helps him to eat and drink and be replenished. He instead goes to the Mount of Horeb. You see, we see Elijah going from an escape to a retreat. From an escape to a retreat. They may sound the same, but we know those are different, right? You know, because when you're escaping something, you're running away from something. But when we retreat, we're setting aside time to pay attention and maybe go towards something instead. I find that that may be a good question for us today as well. Are we running away from something or are we running towards something? And what we pay attention to answers that question for us. It's talked about as thin places. In retreats, when you go away, when you go into these places where you can hear God's voice, it's called the thin places. That's the Celtic tradition. And it's actually very similar to that first song we sang today, open up the heavens, we want to see you. Open up the floodgates, a mighty river. The Celtics believed that there were places in the world where we could encounter God. Thin places, thin places where heaven and earth were not so far away from each other where we could experience God just a little bit more fully. And the truth is, it's when we retreat, not escape. When we move towards God, that we actually can see and experience God more fully. It's in the thin places. Eric Weiner wrote a book, and it's one of my favorite books, Knit, and he says, the thin places loosen my death grip on life. It's where I can breathe again. Notice that when I am in a thin place, I am jolted out of my old way of seeing the world. It is in the thin places, the sound of sheer silence, that I loosen my death grip on life and I can breathe again. It is in those places that I am also jolted out of my old way of seeing the world where I can see things different. When we are jolted out of our old ways of seeing, we come back to that question of why and we come back to our purpose. Why are you here? We pay attention. We learn to move towards God. It all circles around this word, this big churchy word that we use called discernment. Have you ever heard that, heard that word before, discernment? It's often used with wisdom, trying to understand God, trying to understand what God's purpose is for you, what God wants for you. I know the lights are flickering, but stay with me. Pay attention, pay attention. <laughs> the 
That word discernment talks about how we can hear God and know fully what God wants for our lives. And this is what Elijah does. Elijah comes out of the cave, and it's not in the big moments where he sees God. Instead, it's in the sound of sheer silence when he starts paying attention again, when he starts looking toward God instead of away, that he discerns that God is not done with him, that God has a purpose for him. Why are you here? What are you doing here, Elijah? The song that I want for y'all to hear today is a song called The Sound of Silence. It's a 1960s song, and it is one of my favorites. Simon and Garfunkel are one of those bands that just don't get old, and they are somewhat timeless. It's a song that talks about listening. It talks about listening, and it's a sort of dark and moody song. So it goes well today with the rain. But it starts off saying, hello, darkness, my old friend. Now, it will say something about your age and how you know this song. If you know this song from Discord, if you know this song is the original, or if you know this song from Trolls. It's been around a while. But this song's lyrics I want you to listen to today because it is the story of Elijah. It is the story of a prophet who feels like no one is listening anymore, who feels isolated and wandering, who feels like he is being suffocated. And in the sound of silence, finds God again. The phrase sound of silence can be compared to other more commonly used terms or phrases like turning a deaf ear. Simon and Garfunkel, when they wrote this song, were struggling not only with the silence of people around them, but they were struggling with people not communicating with each other. Simon said it like this. He said that we struggle not only to listen, we struggle to drown out the noise. He sat in a bathroom where there was an echo chamber to write this song. Just him in the darkness and his guitar. I wonder today if when we discern, when we listen to God, when we listen for God, if we maybe find an ability to communicate. Because communication is not just about finding the right words, it's not just about talking to each other better, it is about listening. And in the same way we have to pay attention in order to listen for God, friends, it is just as important to pay attention in order to listen to each other. Not to just hear each other, not to just say words in order that it might contribute to the noise, but instead discern, listen, and pay attention to what God is asking of us. Because maybe God is asking us what Micah 6.8 says, seek justice, love kindness, walk humbly. I don't think any of those three are possible today if we don't know how to first listen. Listen for the voice of God, listen to each other. Why are you here? Friends, today, my testimony the reason why I am here is because someone 20 years ago listened to me. 
listened to me not as a preacher's kid, listened to me not as somebody who performed really well or did really good things, didn't listen to me or like me because of the things I was accomplishing, but listened to me for me. I was in the Czech Republic and I was with a group of men who were alcoholics and drug addicts and they were in this center for rehab. I didn't have language in common with them. I didn't have age or gender. I had nothing in common with them. And it was there, listening to their story, that I found my own. It was there, listening to their story, that I heard God for the first time. For the first time, at least in a long time. It was there that I learned that God could use even me. That it didn't matter about the barriers of language or the barriers of gender or age, but that God uses us when we listen. God helps us to find our purpose when we listen. So today as you listen for this song and to this song, may you not only hear the voice of God, but may you hear where God might be calling you to listen to one another to grow closer to one another, to seek justice, love kindness, and walk humbly.